I am John, Whoopi impersonator and a Ladrin warlock with the Warriors of the Stars. Along came Jason, my bearded friend. Fabulous secret ideas revealed to me the day he came to my house and said, I want to make a podcast! Only two others share this secret. I have Chris Visions, I like walks on the beach, sunsets, poodles. What's up, everybody? Morphin Time. Hi, I'm Rick Remender. Rob, the artist. Hey, everybody, how are you doing? Hey, I'm Mr. Priscilla. Hi, this is Ashley Eckstein, voice of Ahsoka Tano. Robbie Amell. What's up, guys? Today, I have special guest, Mike Selinker. You do indeed. We're working on Black Science. Bob McLeod, creator of the New Mutants. I've been working for Marvel and DC Comics for the last 40 years. Brian Herbert. About a year ago, I've got a, a Twitter site. I couldn't get my own name. Somebody took my name. <laughs> and we have special guest, Gus Lopez. Oh, hey, guys. I'm thrilled to be on. Robin Hobb is here! Working on a trilogy called The Fits and the Fool. Libio Raimondelli. Appreciate it. I'm, I'm a big Transformers fan, G1 fan myself. Together we started talking about toys, comics, games, and movies on the Super Awesome Geek Show! Hello everybody out there, it's John, the Vintage Geek, and we're back with the Super Awesome Geek Show. And, you know, I know it's been a little while since we've been on the air kind of a hiatus situation was going on due to the fact that my the only place I can record in the new in the condo was just completely overwhelmed with stuff and it's taken me a long time to really get it cleaned out and get a situation that's satisfactory for me to be able to start recording again and uh well we're going to kick it off with a chat about the dark crystal cuz it's coming back to Netflix and uh, I'm pretty, for one, I, I'm pretty excited about this. I think it's going to be a cool thing. And today we've got Jason Rigdon with us to talk about it. Say hi, Jason. Hello. Hello. And Christina's back with us. Hello. It's been a while, guys. I hope everything's been going good with you guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So what I want to talk about is, uh, I think I'll hit you up first, Jason, because okay. when I when I was a kid... My brother and I watched The Dark Crystal to death. I mean, like, I'm sure we saw it in the theaters, and when we were able to get it on video, I just remember my brother watching that thing over and over and over again. It was one of his favorite movies. And uh, so when I heard they're doing Age of Resistance, this new thing on Netflix, I was just kind of, like, freaking out because I, I wanted it to be the same experience that I had as a kid watching the movie. Um what do you feel about this, dear? Are you aware of it? Do you know about it? Do you um did you did you have the same feeling? Did you watch The Dark Crystal as a kid? No, we weren't allowed to watch it as a kid. I realized last night watching it that I last night was my very first time actually sitting down and watching the full movie. Really? Yeah. Why weren't you yeah. allowed? <laughs> we they had they had a lot of rules about violence and stuff, yeah. They were puppets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I can definitely see how you know that movie had such rewatchability. There's so many things going on, so many like little characters, and yeah, it was it was really well done. So, for real, this was like the first. So you were aware of it, but that was oh, actually yes. the first time you sat through and watched the whole thing. 
Yeah, you know, I had thought sometime in the 90s I'd watched it, but, you know, when I was watching last night, I was like, no, I have no idea what's about to happen. So, like, this really must be my very first time sitting down and watching. It's one of those kind of cultural touchstones that you kind of know about it just because, you know, it's so recognizable. Wow. So what did you think about it then? Oh, I thought it was really wonderful. I mean, I love, like, puppetry. I love just all those characters and kind of, uh, yeah, how really original it was, you know, it was fantasy, but it was really very, very original. I don't think I've seen anything like that before. Yeah, like, there's not really anything that's human in it. It's all sort of like alien and fantasy creatures, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was it was wonderful. I mean, their expressions, like, just how expressive those, like, little characters were. I mean, maybe not so, what are they, what, the Gelfs? Was that what they were? Their faces are not very expressive at all, but almost all the other creatures have a lot of expression. Yeah, well, well, and so do the, the Skaxis don't really have a lot of expression either, do they? They're kind of just a... I feel a, like their body language expresses That's a lot. true, yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I was thinking in the face, they just kind of were like a, a pointy, yeah. a pointy <laughs> like vulture. Like a skeletal bird. Yeah, vulture-looking thing, you know? Um, so that's, that's, that's really fascinating. So did you get left with a sense from just watching it nowadays that it, like, did it hold up for, I mean, obviously, I guess it held up for you because you were pretty, yeah. you were okay with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was wonderful, and I, I definitely see how, I, I really see that rewatchability, which I don't necessarily get from a lot of movies now. I feel like, oh, it's like a watch-once kind of thing. Yeah, and then it set you up for, like, I really want to see what happens in this, because this new series is actually a prequel. It's 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 sort of like a, a war that happened before the movie. And there's more at this point in the, with the series they're doing on Netflix, at that point there are more Gelflings, where in the movie okay. there's those are the only two that are left, because the Skeksis killed them all, you know? Now, is that going to be like CGI garbage, or is this going to be actual puppets? Oh no, they're, they're actually, they look like puppets. I mean, I, I, when I watched the preview, the trailer, it looks the same as the movie, so... That's what got me excited about it was because I was like, "Wow, they really pulled it off." They didn't, they didn't <laughs> go and like mess it all up and make like, I thought they were going to do new designs and everything would look different. And yeah, they wouldn't use a lot of practical effects. They wouldn't use a lot of puppetry. Like it would be a total CG or animated madness. But no, it's the trailer makes it look really like the same thing. You know? Yeah, That's, like the uh, what the gymnastics Yoda. Kind of CGI stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, let's hit Christina up because I know we, we chatted last night because she had been having a difficult time actually getting through the movie. So I know she's got a counter opinion, an opposite opinion here, I think. Uh, as much as I love puppets and muppetry and all that stuff, I like, I think I got 30, 45 minutes. I was like, I kept falling asleep. I was like, oh, I, I don't really understand what's happening here. And I couldn't finish it. <laughs> um, it was literally like, I kept falling asleep. I was like, okay. I don't really like this, apparently, because it's not keeping my interest. Although I'm interested, it was looked very much, I want to say, the age it's from, the year it's from. I'm actually curious to see what they do with the new, which makes it... I found part of it very slow. Um, 
And I, but I thought as far as if you want to critique it, the puppetry and all that, I thought that was amazing. As if you ask me what happened in the story and the bit I watched, I, I can't not tell you because I was sitting there just going, asking myself, what's going on? Like, what? So as far as that goes, I mean, if I was given a synopsis of, okay, this is what it's about, I think I would have probably understood it better. And I might go back and rewatch if I quite understand <laughs> what are those things? I don't understand what they were. Are they dragons? Um, <laughs> that, that's just what I, I, I think I spent most of my time. Okay, is that little guy an elf? Is that guy a dragon? <laughs> like, I think I literally was sitting there going, what is that? I want to know what that is. Why are they laying on a rock? Is this old guy telling this young guy a story? That's just kind of how I felt. <laughs> Yeah, well, like, to give you some context, I guess, it's basically like there there was a race of beings and that was sort of influential on this world, and they were all powerful, and the Dark Crystal did something to them and a thousand years ago. And so what happens is you've now got these two groups, the Mystics, which are the good guys, and those are the ones, like, that was the old guy laying on the rock, I think, that you were talking about, who was sort of telling the kid, the elf kid, what ha what he had to do, right? Uh -huh. And those are the mystics, and those are, like, the good guys in the, in the story, in a sense. And then you've got the Skeksis, which are the, the vulture-looking, what you probably were saying, dragon-like guys. Yeah. And uh, those are the bad guys, sort of like the counterpoint to the mystics in a sense. And they want, they're in control of the world right now, and they want to keep control. And apparently every thousand years, this prophecy can come true where a Gelfling, which is one of the elf characters, can heal the Dark Crystal by putting the Crystal Shard back into the Dark Crystal in in the movie they call it healing the crystal and then something magical happens and like it would make it so the Skeksis would no longer be in control of the of the world you know uh -huh. so and they're not that good the Skeksis are kind of evil they hurt people they were collecting all the Gelflings and drawing their essence out because if they milk the essence of the Gelflings and the little pod people those other little guys they can get extended life. They can get. They can make themselves look young again, and things like that. So that's kind of the basis. So the the little elf guy you were seeing, the Gelfling, he's got to yeah. he's got to go on a quest to get the shard, and then take the shard to the castle and heal the crystal. And along the way, he meets a second Gelfling. And they kind of pair up and go together to do to solve. This is the, kind of like Lord of the, the Rings, quest. but puppets. Yeah, I mean, it's fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, now that I know that and I understand it, I could probably go back and finish it. Because <laughs> I kept, <laughs> I think I kept questioning what's going on. Like, I think someone who has seen it before would probably have gotten annoyed with me sitting there going, okay, I don't understand this. What's happening? Like, I literally would have sat there and asked a bajillion questions. <laughs> but instead, <laughs> I was just like, I'm falling asleep because I don't know what's happening. Yeah, so... So in a sense for you it it kind of didn't hold up over time because your no. adult your adult brain was just questioning too many things. 
Yes, and I think, okay, so when they've redone things, like something, okay, so this was made 70s, I'm guessing? Uh, 1982. 82, well, I was close. Um, 82, and how things are done now, like, um, like we were saying, is it going to be CGI stuff, or are they going to actually use puppetry? You know, I'm curious to see how they are going to, because you know when they changed between scenes in this one, it was like, you know, that kind of fade off music, black, here comes the other scene. You know, it's very obvious. Like, I'm curious how they will do some of the movie magic, if you will. As far as the story goes, the story I could get into, but as far as the imagery, I guess, I want to see... And are they going to break it into episodes instead of a long movie? Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a short series. Yeah, like a. Yeah, I could probably manage yeah. that a little bit better. And 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 if you found parts of the movie to be slow, I think that's just it's probably a sign of the times because a lot of yeah. movies that were made in the late seventies, early eighties actually have a lot more slow bits than a movie made today in the two thousand. 15 19 or whatever you know so um gosh it's almost 2020s isn't that crazy it is crazy <clears throat> but yeah it's like today there's a lot more fast pace and action and they have like characters that do exposition to sort of move the story along in a quick way you know where i think back then like you said you you're looking at it with a modern brain uh-huh. And I think you're kind of like getting lost because there isn't a character that's doing all the exposition and moving the story along in a sense. You've got the narrator who kind of comes in in the beginning and tries to set things up, but I guess that wasn't enough for you, you know, something was missing there. Right. But you didn't find that, Jason. You were watching it nowadays and mm-hmm. you were you caught on pretty quick. You got it right away or Yeah. Yeah, I mean I I kind of had the feeling that this was more of uh, maybe like a arty kind of film, you know, where they're not going to really explain a lot to you, and the pacing is going to be very deliberate. Um, so I was okay with that. I was willing to go along with it. Yeah, yeah, interesting. It is kind of an arty film, isn't it? I mean, because of the, the way they use the puppets, it, it kind of does classify as that in a sense. You oh, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, you can see that they really had, like, a vision of what they wanted. I mean, Jim Henson's kind of famous for that, of having, you know, those visions and really wanting to execute them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and a lot of the characters were designed by Brian Froud. You know him, right? No, I'm not familiar. He did that. Remember that book we always had, the fairy, the squished fairies, and those... Oh, okay. Those um, those fantasy kind of books that we had at the <laughs> bookstore. Though They were always large size. It, it's that same guy who did all that stuff. Okay, so like the visual design was uh, one person, so that's why you kind of have that consistency through the show. Yeah, yeah, and and... So him and Henson kind of worked together to sort of design all the characters and make it, yeah, a seamless sort of universe. And uh, I think they're both dead now, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Do you know how Jim Henson felt about the film when it was done? I think he liked it a lot, from what I understood. Because okay. I know he had like, a lot of frustration with a lot of his creations and not kind of coming out the way he wanted. Well, there could be some of that in there. Because I know I met... Um, when I was at one of the comic conventions, I met the guy who did Big Bird and the guys who did Kermit the Frog, some of the original people. 
And they actually worked with Jim. They were talking about working on the Dark Crystal. And you know those beetle guys that, that attack the uh, they attack Agra's place, the girl who can pull her eye out and look around. And uh, and then they and, and then they had those those striders, the long armed Those guys were awesome. Yeah, the white strider <laughs> guys that they ride on and they can get they go really fast and that's how they kinda get from one place to another. Those puppets, they said, were insane to puppeteer. And I met, and that's what gets me curious too is did they figure out a better way to puppeteer them so in the new show they can be puppets or are those things that are a real pain in the butt going to actually be CG? Like I'm wondering if there's going to be a bal- a mixture in the new one. But it's too early to tell, you know. But um they said that like you almost literally could only walk 3 or 4 steps in those striders because of the position you had to be in and you had these long poles on the front your front hands you know what i mean cuz you you can kind of see how there would have been a person in those if you look at it and they had these poles coming out down from their hands to try like they were stilts for your hands and they said it was the most uncomfortable thing and it got really hot really fast and they could only go four or five steps and then they had to cut and to get all the stuff off of you or you're going to die you know so <laughs> that must have taken I mean, just hours upon hours just to get the few shots they did for the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. And the same yeah, with those I mean, beetle guys. There was two people in each beetle. Like, one guy was down there, and the other one was literally, like, on his back, laying on him, controlling the other parts. So you're, you, the, the guy on the bottom had to be big enough to support the guy who was laying on top, you know? And it was, like, so cumbersome. The way they built those things, and they they at the time couldn't figure out any other way to do it, you know. Well, they looked great. I thought they like the, the Beatles and those Striders were were very awesome. Yeah, it's very clever how they did it all. And I actually think there may have been two people in each of the of the Skeksis also. Like one was controlling the arms and where it was going, the other was controlling the head. You know, which is why their bodies were so big. You know what I mean? It was like they were covered in all this cloth and everything. So regalia <laughs> but it's just yeah it's just interesting to see because when i like when i watch the movie my i end up like suspending like a, a disbelief in a i don't know what they call it suspending your belief or whatever i don't know but like because i stop thinking i'm watching puppets you know, at a certain point, I feel like I'm just watching these characters. And I think that's the beauty of puppetry over CG. Because when I'm watching a CG film, I'm aware that it's a computer-generated thing the whole time. And it constantly throws me out of the movie. But when I watch the puppets go, maybe it's because the way they're, they're, cause they're lit like a real object or whatever. But, like, my brain switches off from it being a puppet and it's just a, a character, you know? Uh-huh. Does that happen to you guys? Yeah, I think one thing that might go into it too is that the person controlling the puppets was just that good. Yeah. Because even even things that aren't colored or realistic, like like even stuff on Sesame Street or that guy Randy, the comedian puppet, you know, like I stop looking at them as a puppet and just see them as a character. You know, like it's a, it's a weird... Maybe it's just me. It's just a weird thing where 
like, when you see something like that, it's, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's, it's a real object, I guess. Is that what's... Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I tend to look at them that way sometimes, too. Yeah, it's like one of the skills of a puppeteer is really to bring an object to life, and that's kind of like that weird spark that they're able to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. Did you Have you ever known any puppeteers in your life? I would never associate with a puppeteer. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to me like it's a dying art form. Like, I don't... You, you don't just see... You don't, I don't know anybody who's a puppeteer, and I... But when I was a kid, I did know people who were puppeteers, you know? Like, my mother knew people who were puppeteers. So, like, I... Oh, that's cool. In a sense, you know... And they used to do shows in malls and rest... Like, they'd go to McDonald's and do a show and... You know what I mean? They People would dress up like Grimace at the McDonald's, you know? And the Fry Guys would be there, you know? And it's like... But they don't do those puppetry things anymore. It doesn't seem like it, I think. I don't know. It's only something they use for movies. Yeah. Like, do people put on puppet shows these days? Like, at the malls? I don't think so. I don't think so, no. I think think what you you see is somebody with, um, what do you call that? (sighs) Where they have a puppet on their lap, but... Oh, the, 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 oh, ventriloquism, right? Yes, I think you see that more than a screen with a puppet in the air, kind of. Yeah. Deal. I think the like seventies and eighties was like kind of a golden age for puppetry too. But you know they still do Sesame Street, so there's that. Well, I meant I meant out in the public. I mean, I know they do them. They do it for movies and television shows, of course. And there's a couple comedians like you got that ventriloquist comedian, and then Randy, the the purple puppet one. But is Randy even still doing stuff? Because it seems like. Everything I find on YouTube is two or three years old or or older, up to six or seven years old. So right. yeah, go, he he posts stuff to uh, Instagram. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think it's like in between kind of tours. Okay, so he is still touring. Okay, and also does uh on the, on the Instagram, the guy also does uh, comic strips of the character too. Oh, neat. Okay, okay, like little cartoon comic strips. Yeah, some of them are very graphic. <laughs> <laughs> I love his story. Sorry, it's a side sort of thing, but I love his story about going to pick up a bookcase. <laughs> Have you heard that one? Oh yeah, that's gold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll have to send you the link, Christina, and you can listen to him going to pick up a a bookcase from. Uh, he found it on one of those online things like Craigslist or something, but it's like the British version. Oh, okay. Or the Australian version. I don't know. Is he from Britain or Australia? I don't remember. Australia, I believe. Yeah, okay. So it's probably yeah, the... It, is it Felt, Felt Face Randy? Yeah, Felt Face Randy. Or Randy Felt Face. I don't know. Something like that. He's a purple puppet. It's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. I like that kind of stuff. But um, I'll, I'll send you a link on our when we're done with the show. and Well, I'll probably put it in the show notes, too, since people who are listening to this can go find it yeah. if they haven't already. Because right? he's hilarious. So yeah, so I guess what I'm getting from this little short discussion is that uh, I loved the Dark Crystal from a child, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Age of Resistance. Jason, you were saying that you just saw it last night because your parents wouldn't let you watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and for you, it held up, right? Yeah, I loved it. 
And uh, and you're looking forward to the new one to to see how they come out, or what do you think? Oh yeah, I'm very excited about it. I, I I'm really hoping it'll be good. Yeah. And then Christina, you were kind of not on board with it, you know. Yeah, but I'm I'm willing to give like the new stuff or something else a shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm always willing to give it something another shot. It could have been just not in the right frame of mind i tried all week to watch at one day i tried to watch and i was just like okay no and then i thought (laughs) okay last night i thought all right let's just try to finish this thing and i was like still no so (laughs) you know what would be curious though it'd be it'd be interesting to see if if you watch the netflix show and you really like it and then that sets you up to get you into the movie you know what i mean like yeah what if you could watch the movie after you saw the netflix show I don't know. It'd just be an interesting twist on it, you know, like if exactly change of your feel. I don't know, because um, I really wish you liked it. I really would want you to like it, but I understand, you know, if you if you just don't, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've I've heard I've heard that it, I'm not the only one that that's happened to. Like I heard of somebody else uh, watching it, and going, yeah, no. <laughs> um, so it could be that, yeah, like our frame of mind, especially like, okay, you go back and watch the old Star Wars, although, you know, really love it, you can see the age of it, but you come and watch the new stuff, and although they keep the same continuity, you can see that it's better digitally, whatever, done. So it could be... I think it's you know it could be something as simple as that. Like you said, my brain was just not. You know, let me hit you up on one other it. thing. Have you ever watched any of the really old Godzilla movies? Did you watch them when you were yes. kids? Yes, I saw some like yeah with my brothers. Yeah, when you were a kid, okay. Because like I can see some of those, you know, like destroy all monsters or Godzilla versus King Kong. If if someone had never ever seen any of those as a kid and they watch them today, I could see them being like, what the. Hell? Like, why do people like these? But they all have, like, a special place in my heart because every Saturday morning I would watch a Godzilla movie, you know? And, you know, it's funny. um, Oh, I don't know if it was my dad. I can't remember. But I remember someone always turning on. uh, And it might have been some of the Godzilla films or some of those films that they had the voice over because the person was talking either Chinese or Japanese. Yeah. Um, and their lips moved and then the voice came after and I was like, and then the person I was watching with it thought that was just the most fantastic thing alive. And I'm just sitting here going, that's annoying me. Like, (laughs) because my brain just picks it out and goes, no, that's not right. (laughs) Jason, you have a certain nostalgia for the old Godzilla movies too, right? Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love them. And I'm kind of disappointed that the new Godzilla movies are all CGI. Yeah. See, I I love the new ones because I just like seeing the giant monster things. But I understand what you're where you're coming from and why you don't really like them that much. Like I always loved, like you know, like the miniatures. I always loved, like you know, those miniature tanks rolling up to shoot on to yeah. shoot Godzilla and stuff. That was just so great. Like seeing the scenes they would build would be is always just great, and it doesn't have the same effect now. Yeah, I liked how some of them clearly look like little models. And the rockets yeah. look like bottle rockets launching up. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so low budget. It's just fantastic. But they're able to pull it off. Like, yeah, yeah. They, it really feels like a big battle is going on, at least for me. Like, I, I totally buy into it. <laughs> yeah. 
That's interesting. See, like, I have a problem with, uh, like, cheesy movies in the past that used realistic, like, real item special effects. So, like we we're saying, there was, it, it clearly was a model and the guy was lighting off a bottle rocket to make it work. And there was people in rubber suits. Like, I can totally watch that kind of monster movie, that kind of horror movie, where it's all practical effects. But when it comes to today and you got a movie like Sharknado, like, I'm sorry, I could never get into it because the CG is so bad that I can't stand watching it, you know? And I don't understand why I cannot watch cheesy CG and special effects today, but I could totally watch crappy practical effects to the end of the earth, you know? Even a modern movie... If it uses practical effects and it looks really cheesy and really bad, I can still watch that over a really bad CG movie. I yeah, some people just have a low threshold for it. Yeah. Of the CG. I don't get it. I don't get it. But anyway, so we're definitely going to all be checking out The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. It starts August 30th this year, 2019. So only, what's that, like basically two and a half months away? Very quick. uh, Yeah, wow. On Netflix. And yeah, the trailer's out there. I'll put a link in the description of the thing below. And we'll also put a link for Randy in case you haven't seen him. And uh, yeah. Any closing remarks, guys? Uh, No, I don't think so. It's uh, good to be back, though. Yes. Yeah. I hope you guys can join me more often. We're probably going to do this. I think at least just twice a month, maybe a little bit more, depending on what happens. And my hope is to get... Um, I've been talking to a lot more people on Twitter and meeting more people locally in the area now where I live that want to come on as special guests. So I think it, that's the other thing. It's just taken a little while to sort of reestablish myself since moving to Florida. And now that I have and there's local clubs and different people around and I've sort of met a couple of um, voice actors and things that live down here and a few old comic guys. There's a lot of comic guys that live down here that I've been slowly meeting. Um, A lot of them worked in the 70s, 80s, and early 90s, and they've since moved from wherever they lived down to Florida because it seems like everyone retires to Florida for some reason, and especially in the comic book industry. So um, I'm hoping that we can get some really good special guests on and talk about that kind of stuff because it would be really cool, especially delving into older comics, I think would be very interesting. Like how the industry's changed from then to now, you know? Uh So yeah, all right, guys, thanks for joining me. Everybody out there, thanks for listening. And uh, happy Sunday or Monday or whatever day you're listening to. We record on Sundays, but I'll probably release it on Monday. Put it up there. So, unless I get ambitious or have need something to do later in the in the evening, I'll do it tonight. I don't know. We'll see. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for joining me. Thanks You're welcome. Me. Talk to you guys later. Keep it geeky out there, everyone. I'm here with Rowdy Roddy Piper, WWF fame, and Rowdy. What do you geek out about? Oof, I like to play the piano. Uh, geek out, holy cow. 
that's a stretch for me. <laughs> what do you know? Uh, do do? No, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> uh, my children. Uh, I like music a lot. Uh, I like to shoot and blow up things a lot. I like that. Um, and I like poetry. I like uh, gentle little people too. Um, and I like to kill things. Other than that, have a nice day. That's awesome, man. Hey, thanks a lot. All right, Jen. I really appreciate the I tried opportunity. Hard. <laughs> So I'm, I'm here with Angus Scrim. You might know him as the tall man from Phantasm. And sir, what do you geek out about? What do you really like? What are you really into? Whoa, good Lord, life. <laughs> Other people. I've been meeting so many terrific people here at the Mad Monster Convention in, in Seattle. Uh, I like books. I've always adored books since I was a, a child. And I think I learned to read before I was five because... My two sisters, much older sisters, were both teachers, and I got a head start. They taught me how to read. Uh, I love recorded music and worked in that industry for about 30 years, writing the notes uh, on the back of record album jackets or in the compact disc booklets. And movies, I've always, they've been such a part of my life, going to them. As a child during the Depression, when I, money was scarce, we always managed to find the dime, which was all it cost to go to a movie, and saw all those great stars of that era who were like gods to us. Gable and Garbo and Colbert and Dietrich and Shearer and Myrna Loy and Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire. Jeanette MacDonald and Nelson Eddy, one can go on and on naming these gods and goddesses. And I adored them. That was when I decided I, I want to get into that whatever they're doing up there. <laughs> That's very cool. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for coming up. And I wish you well with this program and all your listeners. I wish you well, too. Thank you. Autobots, roll out! Oh! Hey! You've been listening to the Super Awesome Geek Show podcast. Find us on Twitter at Awesome Geek Show. And as always, thanks a lot for tagging along. Live long and prosper. May the force be with you. And we'll see you next time on the Super Awesome Geek Show. Yo, Joe!